we've been super duper busy doing the SpongeBob musical and uh, our kids have probably been on screens a little bit more than we liked them to be. Sure. Um, and it's, and it was negatively affecting our five-year-old Cooper's like ability to function. So we're like, listen, you got to get off the pad today. No pad, no fun, no screens today. I mean, she, 50 years from now, they might realize that like too many screens is the may, way to go. Maybe, but she maybe. was losing her absolute mind. And she was talking about how angry she was and how she would do anything to get the screen. And we started talking about addiction, right? Because sure. Sydney works with people with addiction. And we're explaining how if you want something really bad, sometimes it can be in control of you mm. and it can make you do bad things because you want that thing so badly. Yeah. And she was still screaming at us and trying to push me out of the way. And Sydney said, look at what wanting the screen is making you feel like you would, would you do anything to get your phone? And she said, yeah. And she said, you would even hit mommy <gasps> to get your, to get your phone. And Cooper looked at her with like a tear in her eye. And she said, no, I wouldn't hit you. And I said, I, you know, if you, it, uh, how about the, and she, she was kind of quiet. I said, Cooper, think about it. If I said to you, if you punch me in the face, <laughs> I'll get your phone and not the syllable, <laughs> the syllable phone had not left my mouth before she punched me directly <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was had not finished. Buddy. It was like, I'll go get your foot done out. Like, and she did not hesitate. And it it wasn't even out? emotion. You it was just like, oh, absolutely. Pop. Yeah. You should have referred back to mama because Papa can take a punch. Mama, clearly that's the line. <laughs> that yeah. It sucks how Henry thinks it's really funny to, I don't know, wail on my uh, privates with a, a big bat or something. Yeah, sure, That's the yeah. funniest shit in the world. He would yeah. not do that to mom but at all. He no. is gonna, I will say this though, Griff, he is gonna love Saints Row. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we got him on, I mean, we start him on two. Yeah, sure. Because it's like the most family friendly of the bunch. And that's where they were really refined it. So you want to start there. Yeah, like he's not ready for the big pixelated ding-a-lings of three or four. No, sure. Four. A gat out of hell. Um, but two, there's some family friendly stuff. They say the S word sometimes, but so does the Goonies. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. Is it weird that Mosey's playing Leisure Suit Larry as his own <laughs> character but McCrunchen? <laughs> I don't think that's weird. Is that in the MMO? I, I didn't realize. No, you could it's make your not character. in a computer. He, he's doing a LARP. Yeah, oh, uh, he's doing a LARP. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a leisure I dress him up Larry every morning. Playing. And I and I, I've actually shaved parts of his head to create the receding hairline. I, oh. I just thought this was like what parents did. I'm. There's no wrong way to raise a kid. Yeah, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, I'm wrong. That was you had to eat a Reese's. There's so many wrong ways to raise a kid. There's like one good right way, and no one is quite sure which one it is. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of 30 years ago. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best games of the week. My name is Ross Rush, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a video game club, and friend, just by listening, you have joined our illustrious ranks. We're so happy to have you. Uh, we're going to talk about a hot new old game. Kind of a theme. You know, if 2023 has a theme. Hot new old games. Hot new old games. It is System Shock. But we're but also talking about things that are new and interesting. The future. The future of the gaming. Future Thank of you, gaming. Russ. With the uh, our, the Microsoft Xbox Games Showcase. Nice. Um, what's System Shock? System Shock? I mean, everybody listening to this knows what System Shock is by now, right? 
It is an immersive sim, first-person shooter, and the original one came out back in the days of Doom, and now it's finally remade so that you could actually play it. Because, let me tell you, friends, I bet most people listening to this have not tried to play the original System Shock, and that's for the better, because it fucking sucks to try to play, (laughs) and this is at least doable. Uh, But first, we're going to talk about Xbox, so should we just do that right after the break? Yeah. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You guys who follow the the industry perhaps a little bit closer to than, than I do... Uh, these days, now that I'm not, uh, you know, day in day out on my grind, where did uh, where did Xbox and Microsoft, uh, by Xbox specifically, find themselves? Like, what what was their position going into this? As you know, it's it's sort of like when E3 would normally have been or be and or used to be, depending on your faith in in E3 ever returning. But uh, so, so a lot of companies are doing their, their press conferences, their, their big, you know, summer showcases. PlayStation just had one, uh, a lot of live games, uh, perhaps a bit more muted response to that. Cause they didn't have a lot of the big single player stuff that Sony's known for, but uh, Microsoft has had a rocky road as of late. So where did, where did they find themselves going into this? What do you guys feel like they had to show or prove in this in the, or, or what you think was top of mind? I mean, they had to show games, right? Mm-hmm. Like they haven't had games for years yeah games that people were excited about uh especially coming off of redfall which obviously was like a big disappointment for everyone on the planet um as you know and they're like major franchise of halo infinite basically being like doa and like being in this weird situation where like they seem to you know they're putting stuff out game pass is reasonably successful but they haven't had like a big splashy title and obviously that title this year is going to be Starfield for them. So it was about showing like the huge, you know, we're going to own the holiday season kind of game. And also, hey, we've also got this other stuff in the works that actually looks pretty impressive. I was I was really quite surprised at how strong this lineup was that they showed. I'm, I'm so far out of the scene now that I really was not paying attention to any of the sort of summer games stuff. Uh, and so I got caught up yesterday and, and this morning and man alive, I can't remember the last Microsoft press conference that I got that, uh, excited about. There was, a, there was so much good shit in there. A lot of it felt extremely targeted to me. There was two, basically two and a half fucking persona things up in there. All <laughs> right, guys, I see you and you see me and it feels good to be seen. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about what those Persona things were? Yeah, so one is the Persona 3 remake in Unreal Engine that uh, was sort of leaked, I want to say like a month or two ago. There was some like gameplay footage that came out that was so clearly like, oh, this is not some, this is not a fan project. This yeah. is, this is, this is a, an official thing that they are making. Um, and it looks great. Uh, there's Persona 5 Tactics, I think is what it's called. 
It's uh, called Persona, Persona 5 Tactica. It's a wild name. Tactica. Yeah, Persona 5 Tactica. Oh, my friend, that's not the wild name. Mm. The wild name is the new JRPG series coming from the creator, uh, the creators of Persona 3, 4, and 5, which is called, hold on, Metaphor? I can get this. Metaphor? Re- yeah. Refantasio? Metaphor <laughs> Refantasio. Terror, just the name, the name is bonkers. The it was game great looks- watching Phil Spencer, like, you could see him stealing himself, like, yeah. Just the, all of his willpower into saying it properly. Uh, it looks, it may be my m- most exciting thing from the show. It looks like fantasy persona. Like it just, it just looks like persona, but with like this new, new world. Uh, like there's, they are hinting at like social link stuff essentially. And uh, I mean, all the, the, the UI and stuff has that, that like persona style. Um, so yeah, I mean, big. Big one for Persona fans, uh, which is very exciting because it's kind of a, a reversal. I feel like people used to think that, like, you know, PlayStation is is the PlayStation press conferences is where you got your fix for that shit. But, do you think um, Microsoft is trying to become a thing in Japan again, or do you think it's like Japanese got like games made in Japan, especially with Japanese aesthetic, are just so popular internationally that even if they're not popular in Japan, they so, still want yeah. all these games? It's hard to say, man, because like. That has been a weird... I have never quite understood why the Xbox has failed so spectacularly and so, like, consistently in, in Japan. I used to write for Joystick the, um, like, weekly hardware sales roundup in Japan because I think they would publish those numbers in Famitsu or something like that. And it was it was wild, where it would be like, Nintendo DS sold 21 million units this week. Uh, the Xbox 360, they sold 41. And here's a list of names of everyone who bought them. I, I, I don't, I, again, like I'm far enough out of the industry now that I don't feel. Yeah. Alongside those that. three, they also showed a new Yakuza, which is, yes. I think the mainline one, and it's taking place in Hawaii. And yes. also, it's, well, it's, uh, not, no, it's not Yakuza the mainline anymore, one. Right. It's not the mainline one. It's, it's the, it's, so it's like a dragon now. It is right. like a dragon infinite wealth, which is, very also very exciting for me the sequel to um like a dr- wait what was the first rpg called i think it was but, just called yakuza like a dragon right? yeah that's the, that's the main line it, now yeah like like a dragon has replaced the yakuza brand branding so all yeah. yakuza games are now called like a dragon right. but now there's like and a like dragon, a dragon is the trans is is the english trans is a more direct translation of the name of the franchise in japan correct oh. Right, correct. Oh, I didn't, yes. I didn't know yes. that. Yes, and, uh, and, and also the, the one that, the other Like a Dragon that's coming out that is like the old school Yakuza games. Right. Is not mainline, despite it being the one that stars the character from the old Yakuza game. Yeah, so that's Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Fucking right. great. That's a good name. <laughs> it's a that's very a great good title. name, actually. That's a great this, the, uh, the trailer for the new Like a Dragon game, which is like, People fucking love that game, and for good reason, because it's fantastic. The trailer that they showed is just the Ichiban, the hero of, of uh, the first Yakuza Like a Dragon, washes up on a beach in uh, Hawaii, and he's fully nude, and you see his butt, and you almost see his penis. That's it! Well, it's basically the awesome powers. powers gag. It's a really, really, really wild way to introduce the game, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the other the other one also there, I'll just say, is Kunitsugami, Path of the Goddess, which looked awesome. That looks so I, good. I, I think it's a new Capcom game. It is, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a new one. It looked like a, like a co-op like uh, action game, um, but yeah, I, I don't yeah, think I'm into I all of it. Much else from it. Uh, let yeah, t- tell you what, as a way of um, uh, uh, directing this a little bit, how about most pleasant surprise for for you guys. What, what I did was mine, like? Oh, I that looks nice. Uh, I mean, I was surprised to even see Fable because I kind of thought it just wasn't going to ever happen. Oh my god, guys! That trailer and I, and that's a spectacular trailer. They did a really oh god, great job. Guys, of being, I love Richard Iowate so much. Yeah, and he's, it felt like narrow casting. Like, because I love the Fable franchise. Three was uh, a disappointment, but um, the first two are like. Uh, among my favorites, they were huge when, like, I was the managing editor at Joystick during that time and the reviews editor at Joystick. So it's, like, very fond memories for me of, like, uh, playing that series and discussing it uh, with the team there. And I was not convinced that there was a version of it that would feel right. But that trailer, I mean, it's they threaded that needle, however narrow it was. They, they, they threaded it because I ended that extremely excited about it. And they actually made a trailer that's funny. That's the huge like, thing for Fable. Actually, funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that it was like genuinely, yeah, A, funny, B, tonally very consistent with the Fable franchise, and C, like actually looked good, like graphically looked quite good. And uh, yeah, I just wasn't really- I feel like we're probably the, I mean, it's a great trailer- I feel like we're probably pretty far away from this bad boy still, huh? I, I think it is probably I still know. far. I think it's no. at least a year, if it, not more. It's almost certainly next year. It's being made by the team that makes the Forza Horizon games, and right. it's been Those development for like five years. Um, so, so I, I think just it's fa- sooner like, than later. There was four years between Fable 1 and Fable 2. There was two years between Fable 2 and Fable 3. So the fourth one, that's like four years, then two years. So Fable 4 should be out one year after that, right? Because it's decreasing by half right, yeah, the wait time. The so half Fable life. 4 is out 2011, probably. No, it's been, um, sorry by my reckoning, uh, 13 years since a mainline Fable game. I think that's the exact same amount of time it took for a new Avatar to come out. So like, Hey, there you go. Yeah, tw- the 2010s and the early 2010s are back, baby. Right? Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, my my game, um, well, I want to say South of Midnight, which looks awesome. That looks despite, so cool, too. But it's it the, the devs, they make really great things. They just have not clicked with me in the past. And that's like, mm. we happy few Who's the devil contrast. Now? Um, oh yeah yeah that that dev um but the game i i had a chance to actually play 33 immortals the 33 player co-op game that looks like like a dungeon crawler like a gauntlet and it was sick it was so fun um i can you explain what that is because the the premise is bonkers yeah i mean uh, think of like gauntlet like you know kind of top down 2D uh, dungeon crawl with a whole bunch of friends and there's swarms of enemies and you can play with up to 33 people. In my demo, we played with six and you would crawl around like the main dungeon, but then there are little boss fight dungeons inside of it. So you would like try to find these dungeons within the dungeons, go in and mine it for like bosses and treasure. And they're like, it's a very small thing, but it's super cool each character has like a magic ability that you hold down a button to slowly plant these three circles uh, on the screen. And once you've been able to like create those circles without getting hit, and then three characters, including yourself, stand on those circles and trigger them, you launch a magic power. So you're kind of creating like a little like, uh, uh, I don't know, like a little sigil. And then you like perform it with, up to like three people to like increase your health or fire off thousands of bullets. Um, and it, I don't know, it, it, there, it seems like they're trying to figure out ways to both have the, oh, okay, this is a 33 person game, but then also have kind of different opportunities that call for different sizes of people. My guess is that they want like the 33 to like split across the map and take care of as much as possible before like, I think like an end game event triggers. Anyway, it looks awesome. Um, I was personally excited. I've had, I've never quite been able to really love Sea of Thieves as much as some people, including my brother does, but man, when you let me get on a monkey island there, I don't think I'm going to leave that. I think I'm just going to hang out there all the time. That's very, that's very exciting to me. Is it, um, yeah, this going to really genuinely fun. bring you back to Sea of Thieves? I love. Well, we played occasionally on stream, and, yeah, and okay. Russ, I love nothing. Uh, I love nothing else but more than biz dev. So I love when two <laughs> corporations can get together, <laughs> you know, and make it work. You know, it makes me really happy because they're both pirates. People yeah, it makes that. sense. Yeah. Now they've done after this though. What else is there to pi- like? What other pirate-based media is there? Didn't for the Veggie Tales have like a pirate thing? Yeah, man, probably, probably, yeah. That's not yeah. where my mind went. Well, they also, the, the the second phase of the game is they actually shut down most of it and just become Napster. Oh, you cool, see? yeah. You see? I like Pirate? that. You, you like that? Yeah, no, no that's a... That what was that space thing. piracy what, a, a, animation movie from the 90s? Mm. Titan AE, man. Titan AE, there you go. No, I don't think that was it. <laughs> uh, Justin, do you think, like, this is kind of the way that we get all the old dad games that would not get funded otherwise? It's like, yeah. well, we could make a little bit of a game inside of a thing that we we know you're not playing, but we really want you to play. You yeah. Just sneak that, it in. That's your that's I mean, your Robocop in Fortnite is the ultimate version of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, everybody in Fortnite. All of Fortnite is the ultimate version of that. 
was Lies of P at this? <laughs> yeah. No, but you should no, talk about it? it anyway. I, I mean, didn't see it. No. Where was Lies of P? Lies of P was, was at, at Summer GDC's, Game Fest, I think. Or that too. Yeah, I saw it at Xbox's GDC. It's all I care about, guys. Yeah, it's I the can't... greatest fucking thing. I could not believe it. Could not believe it when it was actually out there. Like, couldn't believe it, right? This is a Pinocchio. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's a it's a Pinocchio soul slide. <laughs> You're Pinocchio. Wait, wait, wait. Is that like, what the P it, stands for? Yeah, dude. Wait, I didn't know that. Guys, that's wait, what Lies what? of P is. Real? He's Pinocchio. Yeah, I thought it, not I, know? I, I, I oh, was amazed Pinocchio by this game lies. because it's, it's just fucking Bloodborne, right? Yeah, Griffin, it's Bloodborne, except it's Pinocchio. Did yeah. they not have the right to Pinocchio? Geppetto's Incredible that's why they Son just is back. They didn't have the rights to Pinocchio. I think he's in the public domain. I just think they people would have. <laughs> I think they were it. even a little embarrassed, right? <laughs> if it was called Lies of Pinocchio. <laughs> I mean, think about it. it. But that is what I'm calling the game from now on. It is play like this is the description from YouTube. Lies of P is an action RPG based on the classic tale of Pinocchio. Play oh as God. Pinocchio and solve the mysteries and disaster that happened in the city of That's crap. fucking great. I want to show past me that description and then say, "Okay, now what's the game look like?" And then in a million billion trillion years I would never ever ever get it right. You um the uh, Pinocchio's lying is one of the most important experiences that you'll have. At the same time, this will leave Pinocchio to become a true human being. This game is all I can think about. I am so frigging excited about Lies of P, a Pinocchio action <laughs> from the twisted mind of me, apparently, because I don't know who else would make it. Guys, That's it looks fucking insane. It, even like the base character, which I guess is Pinocchio. It's Pinocchio. Like, well, you don't have to say the base character. What you can say, Griff, instead is Pinocchio. Okay, but Pinocchio <laughs> just kind of looks like the Bloodborne guy. Like the guy that you see in the Bloodborne, like, can you trail. make your own Y'all. Pinocchio? Or is it like locked to that guy? Can you make your own Pinocchio? I hope so. Uh, also, if, if we want to talk about this, y'all, we need yeah. to talk about Clockwork Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was a Pinocchio one too. in it, though. Clock, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have clock, uh, Pinocchio in it. It has Bioshock Infinite in it. It has. It is. Yeah, it looks a lot like Bioshock Infinite. I have so ne- much like Bioshock Infinite. I don't know if I've seen a, a big budget game ever look so much like the trailer for another game that came out ten years There's ago. Another. What was the other one? No, there have like, been a like few of these this, that are kind of right. This is like, like no aesthetically, like not. Um, well, the Ken Levine game that's coming out. I don't know when. Oh, Judas. No, Judas looked not a lot Judas. like. No, no, no. Shot. I know. I know what you're talking it's about. It's a French Revolution thing. Yeah, right? but but um, this one is like Steel Saber or something like that. Yeah, it sounds it, like a game. This is like <laughs> I don't know. This is like if the, if you're like I've got an idea for a game. You're an electrician and you go down electric pipes to a kingdom and fight boombas like it, I, it feels like you're like taking a thing and just slightly tweaking it it's steel very, rising that yeah the one i was thinking of oh yeah i forgot about that one that's a lot like liza p though one of my favorite games um <laughs> uh yeah you know what that reminds me of um liza p the <laughs> pinocchio which reminds game. me of the great story of pinocchio which it is loosely <laughs> based on can i um can I get everybody's? Can I check everybody's temperature on Avowed? The new. Uh, I don't know what to think about that game. That's a I game from mean Obsidian, either, which is a bummer. That Obsidian trailer... makes exciting, uh, kind of Fallouty. I mean, uh, literally Fallout at one point, uh, like large RPGs with a lot of player choice. And this game, based on the trailer, the trailer didn't give us a lot, but they did show a lot of gameplay. Really, just looked like oblivion or like an elder scrolls game i'm sure there's more to it than that but i don't know what i i think i I, i'm hoping that obsidian is now just the writing focused version of bethesda so they're like we know that elder scrolls and starfields those are going to take 10 years to make because of all the technical like wizardry we love the writing we did pentiment game of the year that was just for us and that that was just for us and me and then avowed, like I, I think it's going to be like a lot more narrative heavy, not as much, you know, like oh, it's the biggest world, you know, open world. Like the imaginable. New Vegas, yeah, of Elder Scrolls. Like I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be small. I think it's going to be like smaller than a, a New Elder Scrolls, and I think it's going to be 
technically like not astounding. The the visuals in it look fine. Um, but I think it's probably gonna have really great writing because that's what they do well. They do good writing, this is true. Um, but should we segue then into the big uh game of the show, which was Starfield. Oh, is good writing? You wanna talk about that? They showed like four it was like a forty five minute, fifty minute presentation on I didn't watch that. I'm gonna play Starfield. I don't need to see any of Starfield. Starfield. Um I am going to play this game, and I think I'm probably going to enjoy it. Uh, but I I don't know. I'm a little bit worried, quite honestly. Straight up, it was... Uh, this was like their big gameplay dump, and there's a lot of stuff that looks really cool. The shooting does not look cool. Like, yeah, it, and that's never, never been the good part of right. a game like this, but there was so much of it in this video, and it um, that's not what I'm excited about like i want to fly around and go on space missions and explore planets and stuff like that but then when you like pull out a pistol and it's like shoot that fucking space freak (laughs) watch that bar Uh, go down watch that bar go down you can get a silencer so you can splatter the space freaks fucking brains it's like uh uh, okay todd let's talk todd over here let's have a sidebar (laughs) um yeah i mean it's i i it's going to be good. I'm sure it's, it's going to be, be good. good. It's I'm gonna sure be it's going to be a good game. I, I The two things that m- gave me a little bit of pause, apart from the combat, which I agree with you, um, <laughs> just like the dialogue that was shown was like so like, you're, it was just like so straight ahead and like kind of flat to the point where it kind of reinforced the idea that a lot of the writing and like huge, uh, Bethesda Game Studios games tends to be like very straight ahead and flat because they have to fill, you know, 600 hours worth of stuff. Right. And it actually made me think that it might be better if they just didn't voice over any of it. I think my imagination could do a better job than maybe the like. Oh, listen to Russ. I'm I sorry. It, it, I was just like, if you're going to show like the best possible like voiceover character driven moments of this game, and that's what they showed during this trailer, I just wasn't super blown away by it. I was blown away by like the visuals and exploration and stuff like that. I was jazzed and like making my own ship. I was jazzed. The only other thing that gave me pause was the, they talked about uh, planet exploration and they basically said that if you go on the same planet as I go on, I'm going to have different experiences than you because the planets are essentially randomly generated using our Oh, yeah, for sure. And every weapon in Destiny is going to have a unique story that you'll want to tell your friends about. Well, the problem is we've experienced the randomization from Bethesda Game Studios with Skyrim because Skyrim has a... I forget the technology. There's like a name for... Radiant The Radiant Engine. And the Radiant Engine basically as they build it, was like, we have infinite quests that you could run on. You could run on forever. You could play this game because we'll always be throwing you these quests. And the quests were always like, go to this cave and find this object and come back. Or go to this cave and kill this guy and come back. And my concern when you talk about randomization is the, while it's true that you're not doing the same thing as other people, the things that you are doing tend to be a little bit dry and samey and bleh. Um, certainly, you know, No Man's Sky, which is the other game that is very, very similar to this, also runs into similar issues, but they also have the luxury of, like, they've been building this game over time, and it's also a, you know, much smaller team, so they tend to, like, dive in, like, unexpected directions, whereas this, I don't know, I'm, I'm hesitant to think that, like, landing on a random planet is going to be a great experience after the sixth time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about the real story with uh, this Starfield demo, and it's the picture that I've just shown to you guys in the Slack chat. Oh and it's Tim Lamb, lead oh. producer on the game, wearing a golf visor <laughs> indoors, indoors in his fancy video, wearing like the blockbuster manager uniform of long sleeve button down, uh, uh blue oxford and some khakis and he's got the golf visor now now the golf visor is pretty wild already we could all agree sure, Tim. Yeah. that's it you're indoors tim and you're not golfing uh but then if you look if you enhance the image you'll see that the logo on the golf visor has been greeked out with black electrical tape 
He's got to wear the visor. He has to wear the visor. Hey, Tim, is that, unless that is keeping the top of your head on, please (laughs) remove the visor for the video. I mean, Justin, I don't want to make you feel bad, but it's actually a prescription visor, so he really (laughs) has to wear it. It's a prescription visor, of course. It blocks out harmful blue light from his computer monitor above him. Yes. Tim, I don't know you personally, but next time, folks, listen, Tim's a lead producer. He can't always remember if he's wearing a golf visor or not. You all have to help him out. If you see him wearing it in the video, just tell him, please briefly take it. How off. many people on their first day of Bethesda, working at Bethesda Game Studios, uh, well, they like turn to the HR person and they're like, so the the visor guy, oh, what's the, visor, what's the story the there? The visor guy. It's got a constant visor on there. It's prescription or no? Overall, Hey, wait, 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 Star Wars uh, Outlaws. Also. Oh, thank you. That was uh, that was more featured in the Ubisoft press conference, which I, I don't know if we want to Oh, I didn't see gameplay. I just watched the cinematic trailer. Did they show gameplay in the Ubisoft? Yeah. Yes. I, I didn't so. see it. Yeah, there's yeah. a gameplay walkthrough about 10 minutes. Um, um, it looks very cool. I, does I, it look like The Division, which is what the, that studio has made it, previously? It looks mm. a bit more like Watch Dogs. Yeah. Like, um, it looks like Watch Dogs now. They're like, we should ha- have that be Star Wars. And Far Cry, we could have that be Avatar. Um, yeah, boy, kind, of a, kind of a, like, Strange. Uncharted. is uh, Like, it looks Uncharted-y or, like, maybe with a bit more of a st- stealthy edge. But that, that seems to be the vibe. But it's, ba- we- it's like, ground-based. You're not, like, doing, like, Just Cause shit. I don't think you're doing just cause shit. No, the, no. the just cause shit is is the Avatar game. The Avatar yeah. game is like very Far Cry, like capture bases, blow up stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought that the Avatar game didn't look very good, but that may have just been. Did you watch Griffin? the gameplay or just what? the trailer? Because I weirdly well, I the trailer. Start by asking if he watched the movies. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, that's maybe that's some important context. I haven't watched the movies, but only oh. because I think they look corny as hell. Is so you, a person why. who can't even be bothered Ow. to take an incredible trip into James Cameron's <laughs> Wonderland. Hey, I like the ride. The, I like that wow. flight of passage. That's a, How do you that's, even have the context You would like the movies. It. How do you well, even have the context Well, no, 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 no because flight of passage is like a, is just a, an erotic <laughs> oh. sort of awakening that you go on just having a just a panting dragon sort of soaring between your legs. Like, that's its own thing for... Oh anybody else who goes so you don't even know what hair fucking is you don't even understand what that means well no but you understand that i'm like an adult man and i can understand sort of context clues when you say that the aliens have sex with their hair i don't really think i need to see it no you don't don't worry they cut it out of the movie you can't (laughs) see it anymore all i can think about whenever an avatar game is discussed yeah is when I sat in front of Jim Cameron oh, no. and watched him describe the final 20 minutes of the first Avatar movie in real time before it ever <laughs> It was like nothing I've ever seen. He was invited onto the Ubisoft stage and then proceeded to describe what happened in the final 20 minutes of Avatar. Like, in excruciating remember detail. Remember that? That he was lost the worst. everyone in the room. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> Um, did you oh, have oh, there's new Prince of Persia also hey. oh, oh that looks good ooh, that looks that fucking was, great uh, that was an interesting I think that's the way to do it right if you're gonna bring that franchise back to, it's a 2D it's like a 2D sort of action platform looks like Metroid it looks, Dread it looks like Metroid Dread it looks fucking great what People was the grumpy, what, but oh whatever. oh oh and there was I mean as long as we're just talking about some of this stuff there was the new uh, Final Fantasy 7 Oh was yeah, it, was it Rebirth? Is that right? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Because I I've been really curious about like what's gonna be in there. Because the first game was just like Midgar. Okay, Disc that is one. like a iconic like thing from video games, and so I can understand the scope of it. But then once you get out of Midgar, it's like what 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 all are we gonna include? Like what all? How do you decide where this chapter stops? Um, which obviously we don't know. But. I very much appreciated at the end of that. It said. Uh, Coming uh, in 2024 on two discs, and that shouldn't have worked on me because I definitely will download it. But there is like some like ratty 90s kid in my heart that's like, Yeah, it is two discs, yes, yeah, multi disc. Let's go now. I know it's good. You'll actually need two PS5s to fit it all, so that makes and sense. So that means I'll need four part time jobs, yes, to pay. <laughs> 
Uh, any other big stuff? I mean, Summer Game Fest, I think also, or is that what it's called? It, it did happen. I think, bless you, Jeff Keighley. I actually have a genuine respect for his work ethic and what he does with the Game Awards and what he's trying to do with Game Fest. But I think he is running into the hardest wall there is, which is all these other companies would much rather announce their big shit their, themselves. And well, I mean, kinda, the Final Fantasy thing was... A, a, that's true. He did have... That was like the one breakout game. I, I think it was a great show. The fucking funniest thing I've maybe ever seen... Well, no, that's not true. James Cameron explaining the ending of Avatar <laughs> is, in retrospect, one of the funniest uh-huh. things. Also, Liza but P. They did a yes, uh, trailer you. for some crisis core ios game thing uh and then he, he comes out of it and he's on stage chef Keely is like speaking of final fantasy and the audience like loses their mind yeah, yes. this is like in the middle of the show and then he's like and he literally says no hold on <laughs> with doordash you can get food delivered to you <laughs> and enter into a sweepstakes to win a collector's edition of final fantasy 16 he so said it in such a like self-aware contrite way that made me fall in love with jeff Keeley. oh 100 he fucking, knows the, the, he, people talk can talk as much shit about Keeley as they want but they shouldn't because that's a tough fucking job and i don't think anyone else could do it to have somebody to have somebody on stage at a games press conference that is the replacement for e3 and be like speaking of final fantasy and the crowd <laughs> is like yeah and then he's like DoorDash, and then the immediate reaction isn't like fuck you jeff Keeley." That's incredible. Well, that and also he power. ended that with We Got Him, which is to say he definitely wrote or at least approved that script. So he yes. knew that there was going to be a beat there where people were going to react. So he was fucking with everyone 100%. And then huh. he comes in at the end with the new trailer for Final Fantasy. It's, it's huge. It's, it's I mean, huge. well, that, that's the only way the gag works, right? You have yeah. to close with that. I I, I, uh, I get a big kick whenever Keeley's hosting something. Whenever like a big exclusive is done, you get like whenever he gets to announcing it, right? There's always seems to be this like visible unclenching that it didn't get fucking leaked somewhere. Yeah, like, sure. and here it is. Okay, I did it. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He does a good job. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna only grow and grow because the thing that people don't see is the like press event that is also trying to replace E3, summer game play days or something like that. And that has grown a ton since last year into this year. And every publicist I spoke to was like, this is a million times easier and cheaper. Yeah, and I, easier I, and cheaper I, is a tough thing to argue with for those sorts of companies. So I, I agree. Xbox, Sony, they'll always have their big events. But I think the uh, there are plenty of other publishers that are like, yeah, this is nice. And I don't have to spend a gajillion dollars to right. be on the LA Convention Center show floor. It's still not, and, and and this is tough because like we all have our own associations with like E3, both good and bad. Um, and And so it doesn't, it's not quite the same as it once was back. But I also think that this version of things is, on par with, if not kind of better than the sort of uh, shambling undead oh, yeah. husk of E3 that, you know, we saw the last few E3s. Oh, yeah, 100%. This is definitely better. I mean, it'll get weird when, like, the bigger titles become fewer and fewer every year, and I think that's going to happen, or it has started happening. But I definitely think, yeah, compared to the, like, no announcements, no games coming out, yeah, this is definitely better. Yeah, I also don't know about the fewer and fewer, just because somebody like EA and Ubisoft better catch up to like Capcom and Square Enix soon of realizing, hey, you could also just make a bunch of like mid-sized titles. That's true. You know, Square Enix yeah. releases so much shit um, in, in a shit in a good way. Yeah. Um, and anyway. in a bad way. Should we, should we talk about also. some of the other games that we yeah, want to talk do about? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on 
to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month, say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Okay, so we're going to talk briefly about System Shock, the remake of System Shock, which just came out like a week ago. Plant was talking about the original, which came out in like 1995, somewhere around there. Um, in a lot of ways, this is like the birth of a genre, and that genre being the immersive sim genre, uh, more recent installments, Dishonored, Prey, fucking Deus Ex, stuff like that. Um, to some extent, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I always thought the name of that genre made it sound more boring than it was. It, that's true. But it effectively, it. it translates to like, you're in this world and you can use the tools of the world at your disposal to sort of become a kick-ass, badass person. Is, I guess, the cool, best cool. way I can describe it. This um, game, uh, plan is right. It is easier to play this game than the original but it's not an easy game to play. And this coming from someone who adores this genre. I am like a yes. huge fan of this genre. And yes. I was kind of blown away by how, uh, I guess, unchanged the core of this game is from where it was previously. It has changed and they certainly updated the visuals and certain gameplay elements, but it is still like 80% that original game. And I found it to be, as I know another number of other people on the podcast did, pretty tough to get into. Uh, yeah, I really, I, I struggled with, and I, again, I really like Immersive Sims. Um, there is just, a, you know, part of it is world design. Um, if you're going to let people wander around a world, um, you got to be good at directing them towards kind of where you want them to he head. I spent a lot of time here just kind of wandering around without much of a sense of where I was going or, or what I uh, should be, should be doing. It was very sort of like uh, ambling to me. Yeah. Well, uh, it's also the, the world design itself is boxes. Like you compare this to even system shock two, which was uh, a very influential game as well. System shock two, they like went ahead and designed effectively what a space station would, would look like. This, to me, felt like what would a bunch of storage boxes look like if you glued them together. It's very, like, cuboid and uh, just a bunch of hallways. And within that, you are using these mechanics of, like, hacking uh, various objects and, and avoiding cameras and stuff like that. But it is hard to sort of bond to levels that look 
very much like a bunch of boxes. Um, the hacking is so good, though. I never played System Shock. Um, I I know about its legacy, but I've never sought it out. Um, partially because it looks so bad, it looks so old and shitty. Yeah. Um, and so I was also sort of shocked at how like unfriendly <laughs> a game it, it is. Hostile <laughs> yeah, is another way say. of putting it. In the it just drops you in this space station where every just like around every corner is half a corpse. Um, and that's the genre, by the way. It's not an immersive sim. It's a half a corpse around every corner. <laughs> this game makes fucking the new Prey look like a, where Mario is missing or something. Um, and uh, it, most of the enemies that I ran into fell into two categories. One, turn me inside out with bullets. Or the mo- much more common, uh, stand there and dutifully let me bonk you in the head. Wait, just wait for the uh, the sweet embrace of death, which, like, yeah, you're... Your situation sucks, man. Like, I get it. You're yeah. a, uh, Are you a mutant zombie? A space a zombie. He's a space zombie. Or There's space dudes zombie. with guns who are just like, oh, well, you're bonking me. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> well, hope I die soon. <laughs> you got a wrench. How am I, You got a pipe. What am I supposed to do about that? Um, but the hacking mini game is basically Descent, and it made me realize that I just want a new Descent game. I just want a, a free-floating uh tunnel shooter uh like like descent because the hacking mini game is you just jack into a mainframe and then you're just a flying ship that just sort of flies around and blasts i don't know viruses it's not clear and it doesn't need to be clear uh maybe you're the virus that's entirely possible there, there is also Pipe Dream. It should be noted they haven't abandoned well, Pipe Dream. Yeah, that's really bad. That's, the Pipe Dream mini game is bad and sucks. <laughs> yeah, um, that's. I thought it was an interesting choice with the the um, graphically. Uh, when you zoom out, it looks like fairly modern, but when you get close to any of the textures. They look like like really really blown out bitmaps, and I think that rule. I think yeah, that it's a really so interesting sick. choice. It's like it's kind of combining <laughs> the um, you know games that have like the switch. You know what I mean? Like um, I, th- I think Maniac Mansion, Escape from the Island, some of those had the had like button where you could switch between the the new yeah. and the old graphics. It's kind of like a hybrid of the two. It's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, Plant and I just recently played Bolt Warhammer Bolt Gun. And it had this very similar look of like this weird middle era between N64 and like PS1 kind of thing. It's cool. I was into it. If we, I think it's important to maybe contextualize this with some of the other, because um, we have had so many of these others, uh, um, sort of like updates, remakes this year. This feels a little bit more like a museum piece, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it makes the base game more playable, but it's not capturing what it would have felt like to play that in the back in the day. Like I think um, Dead Space did so brilliantly. I, I feel like it's it's good work. Right? It's valuable work, right? It's it being able to to play these things with a, with a minimal amount of friction. I think is very cool and and good for like preservation efforts and just history in general. But um, it is not. A, it is it is a lot more faithful than yes. a lot of these others, which is cool. Like I think there's a place for that too. Right? Sure, we've for had sure. we we had Dead Space and Resident Evil Four remakes this year, which are both exemplary, just fantastic uh, remakes that look incredible, feel incredible, and maintain the like vibe of the originals. But those games aren't thirty years old, and so I think like uh, to remake a game that is of the Doom era and not lose what kind of made it stand out in the yeah. in the first place is is kind of impressive. I I I <laughs> this is a rare game that I didn't love and I'm probably not going to go back to playing, but I'm so stoked for the people who are like System Shock fans cuz I do actually think this is the best version of what what a System Shock remake could be in that it is incredibly faithful to the original, has a really unique like art style that really leans into the sort of cyberpunky uh, vibe of of the game, and is I mean, God Almighty, go look at the if you have not seen the original System Shock or heard the original System Shock, watch some gameplay footage comparison because uh, I, I I think it's they've they've had a pretty deft hand in how they have uh, brought that into the modern era. 
I, I have I have one other game that I want to talk about. It's a little bigger than like a, what else we're playing. Okay, um, okay. Did any of you try my house? Yeah, but it was locked. It was. It was. Oh my god! Damn it! I've <sighs> never heard of it. Okay, here I'm going to talk about my house. I, I and Justin, this game is especially for you. My house or my house dot wad or my house dot wad is a mod for Doom 2. And I think every person should play it. I think if you're listening to the show, you should try it. I think you should go buy Doom 2 on Steam, or if you already have a copy, you can do this. You can go to YouTube and uh, search how to install my house on Doom 2. It takes like literally a minute and a half. It's super easy to get this running. It is the the batshit thing of the year. Um, it is pitched by the person who created it as a uh, mod that him and his uh, childhood friend were working on back in like 1999 before his childhood friend passed away. And it is just a recreation of his friend's house, except with some doom enemies in it. And there is so much more going on in this game. If you are younger than us and you watch like Twitch, you probably have already seen the game. And that is a shame because I would hate for it to be ruined and spoiled for you. I think it is much better to experience it playing it rather than watching it. Um, but it's something, it's something else. Um, it's still amazing. Fresh corrected me on uh, Resties on that Boltgun episode where I was like, eh, Doom, not super fun for me anymore. Uh, it turns out you can use that basic skeleton to make something that is more interesting than the vast majority of stuff that i've played this year and this has been a really good year for video games um so yeah i i would love if y'all tried it at some point in the next few months because i think it will it'll definitely be in my end of the year conversation mm. cool yeah it's great That's interesting uh rush are you still playing zelda i'm still playing zelda i don't know how oh, interesting God. it is for people to listen to me still playing Zelda. Are you, but I'm here's still... here's the conversation I'm interested in having with people about Zelda is how 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 close are you to your the end of your time with Zelda? Do you think? Okay, so uh, without giving any spoilers, I'm yeah I'm pretty sure. sure I'm basically at the like I could end the game right now if I wanted to moment mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, more or less like defeat the main bad guy. Mo- like I'm at that point. You'll um, never fucking guess who the main bad guy is in this one. I have no idea who it is. I, I think it might be Pura, but who knows? <laughs> so, but I, but when I beat it's the Breath sign of, guy, it's it's the it, oh, <laughs> yes, I love that guy. Uh, when I beat Breath of the Wild, I remember thinking, man, I should have like before I like beat it, just like gone around and found like as many shrines as I could instead mm-hmm. of just like rushing to the end. And so I'm doing that this time, and I'm still not looking anything up. So I'm at like probably a hundred ish shrines found. I fully lit up the depths. Uh, I'm trying that's to find wild. like various that's, uh, armor. That's so cool. Pieces. I bet you. I bet it feels pretty good to not have to be scared anymore, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Um, I'm I'm trying to find the ca- all the caves because I don't know why I'm doing this, but the Bubble Man wants to turn into you're a, mortal. a magic horse, and so I've. Um, been find, trying to find caves and i spent like 45 minutes yesterday i was tracking a bubble frog on my sensor i knew he was right through this wall and i didn't know where it was so i was just like circling the same fucking mountain for 45 minutes and loving every minute of it it was so, oh, so you change your ui too oh yeah i i mostly use the normal ui now it's just this game in particular has so much verticality to it that you really need to know where you are on the map at any given time um so yeah it's fine it, i think the normal ui is much better than it was in breath of the wild which was like way clumsier and busier so yeah but it's it's a fucking delight i i can't get enough i'm trying to keep playing it my kid turned on my wi-fi and updated my game and broke, <laughs> and broke my dupes you could have wait wait did the dupes go away the dupes go. The dupes go away. There's a new way to do it, but it's no, a gigantic pain. But like, keep the dupes, dupes. You just can't keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. So didn't you when when Plant told you about this? Didn't you make thirty thousand diamonds and just like? Call I mean, it I day? have some. I you know, you never think. Don't it always seem? To go? You know what I mean? Like you don't think like, what if the dupe goes away tomorrow? Sure. I just thought like I could make some more diamonds, and now I don't really enjoy it very much. 
because I don't have unlimited amounts of Zonite, and I yeah. do not. I'm not interested in farming in in this game that has so much other more interesting stuff to do. So I probably will stop playing it. I did like three of the dungeons, and I get it. Okay. The Fair temples. Are you, they call them temples in this one. They do yeah, call them. I, temples. I would yeah. encourage you to just you're to just finish it. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to finish dupes. it too in the next two weeks because I want to do a spoiler episode. What? Why would that? It it really bothers me, right? Yeah. Why would the, why? why 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 mess break, it up? Why break Justin's dupes? No, okay, The when I talk about the dupes, I'm not necessarily talking about things to make the game easier, right? right? The game's, when you're up against a hard enemy, it's still hard. You can get stuff to help, but, like, the thing that I'm talking about is I want to mess around with the building and stuff like that. And it and the idea that it's, like, harder and more annoying to do now is, like, such a joy killer like what do you care if people are the only thing you should care about if you're nintendo is people putting up wild tiktoks of you, you know the crazy creations they made in their game what do you care how i'm getting my zonite it's none I, of your business i i i largely <laughs> agree i wish there was a building mode in this so that we could do like all the fun stuff you want without worrying about like using your precious resources was, you can call duping hold on one second hold on what? If you're not just like not thinking about it and just doing auto build to like build a random thing, I understand you're blowing through zone eye very quickly, but you get like so many of those fucking parts that you just drop on the ground. And if you use auto build with those parts, you're not spend, spending any zone. Eye. You do. I, I, as somebody who doesn't spend any of the material and an RPG because I, I just get anxious. I hear you. Having a mode like that would make it better for me. And also, I get why they had to get rid of the duping because that was praying, like, my anxiety was triggered by it where I was spending, I spent so much time doing that that I yeah. I, I kind of bounced myself off the game because I, I wasn't actually having fun. So I get why they take it out because they're they're trying to stop. I'm having so much games, fucking man. fun. That with is this my game. idea of fun. It's just jumping off a low staircase five hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my lo- yeah. Welcome. Was that Thank the dupe process? Was it. jumping off a low staircase? Yeah. What? Yeah, and landing on a big pile of diamonds. Yeah, that was so a yeah. fucking dream funny. back then. Feels good every time. <laughs> um, I've been playing more Diablo. Anybody else stuck? With oh that? yeah, I'm. I've been playing that with uh, my wife. We've been playing it together. Oh, that's oh, fun. Um, yeah, I've, I've been I've, I've played a little bit with other folks. I've mostly been doing it solo. I finished the campaign. Uh, I I thought the story was great. Yeah, I, the story's good. I was I like, not really I like Wrath, the new Yeah, all the characters Kane. are fantastic. They they do a smart sort of like uh like Mass Effect style. Like as you go through this world and go through the chapters, like you're building a like a a, a unit. Like you're building a team of uh, fearsome demon fighters, uh, and I, I, I think they the writing is like shockingly very very good. Um, I am I've just unlocked world tier three, which is like the next difficulty setting where you can get you know different legendaries and uh, you know make different kinds of builds possible. Um, and I mean it is it is very well tuned like i am finding myself getting like steadily more powerful and then i'll find a legendary that like gives me some huge spike um in, well, let me in power. let me ask you That's this griffin so the yeah. the battle pass season has not started yet i think it starts right. june 22nd and okay. my understanding of that is basically that you at the beginning of each season basically start from scratch with a new character right and complete quests and whatever it is of that season and you unlock cosmetics stuff like that right how long how many seasons of that like i certainly expect you to do the first one right i'm imagining you're interested in doing the first one how many seasons do you think you would keep doing that i don't know i don't know because i I also don't know like how wild the seasons get i dipped in on a i made a couple seasonal characters in diablo 3 yeah the idea it was a a learning curve to like have this idea of an impermanent character in a game like diablo that is all about the 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 climb right um but there would be stuff like i started playing diablo 3 in a season where there was some new legendary or whatever they the word for it was uh that made like whirlwind barbarian just like a blast like you could just you could just spin to win through the entire game and just hold down the whirlwind button and just put enemies into the meat grinder and it was really really satisfying but then the next season you know 
well, now there's a cool build for Necromancer that you got to try. That that stuff I find very compelling. At the same time, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much I'm gonna want to keep, you know, re- restarting my my climb. Um, it depends on the pets. If there's like a cute little puppy that follows me around. Well, I mean, for me, it's like I really want to play the other classes. I dabbled in all of the classes before I settled on Barbarian, and I'm having a great time with Barbarian. But like any time I run by like a sorcerer with like a wild uh, like machine gun snowball build, I'm like, fuck, that looks cool. Next season, I'm going to dip in like that'll be my that'll be, you know, when I come back next season, I'll have this new way to play the game with. with this. Yeah, no, that's I think that's a smart way to do it versus Um, like just maxing out a bunch of different classes at launch i could i could see this game being one that is kind of always on the the periphery right like i could see myself having this on the steam deck if you know uh, i'm on tour or something like that just like kicking it in the hotel like i you know i'll dip into diablo and play a little bit um yeah it's not a big pain to set up it took me yeah it's It's weird weird, it's it's weird how the the it's like such an easy thing to do it's weird that it's not. I understand BizDev, what, what have you. No one has more passion for uh, Justin the loves different BizDev so much BizDev relationships. <laughs> but it is weird. Like I wish you all could just make that. Just do it. This is it. <laughs> okay, do it. friends like, at just home. Do it, you, I'm going to do it. You if you want to play Diablo on your Steam Deck, literally, you just go to desktop mode. You download Battle Battle BattleNet on your desktop mode, and then you go to Steam and you click Add a non Steam game, and you add the BattleNet launcher to Steam. And that's fucking it. And then it just works. And it works great. Um, so yeah, I, I I think it's great. I think it's a a, a a fantastic game. I think the way that they, for what a, an action RPG like this is supposed to be, I think this is like a a pretty phenomenal version of it. And I'm uh I'm 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 really I'm really enjoying my time with it. Chris Plant. I finally went back and finished Jury Duty. Oh, I'm uh, dying for oh, it. Oh, I just served, it? so it's like really top of mind that I want to watch Gosh. it. Have, we, have you not watched it? No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, oh no. I know. I'm, I'm very it's, it's very good. I'll be honest. I bounced off of the first couple episodes. There's like some neurodivergent humorous stuff that's like real like Sheldon, Big Bang, Waka Waka that yeah. I did not vibe with. Um, but it, it like very much finds its rhythm. Be- even beyond that, it's great from the beginning. It's like that was like the one flag. I, I think what the, what is fascinating to me about Jury Duty is I don't think what this show is occurred to them until midway through producing this show. This is my this is my the, this show really does evolve, uh, especially into its kindness. What, Yes. Yeah, right. So I, it, I, I, it, I know for a fact that's true because certain characters were written in apparently totally different ways and they just were not getting the responses that they want. It's a central character who pivots the entire show. Yeah. Around. You got to watch it. It's it's a hell of a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really, you just it's have to watch it. high up on my it. list. I don't, the final I'm episode lo- on how they made the show is, is the best. Boom. I yeah, guess the, really the one question I would have is, uh, and I think I've asked this before, but there's no way to it's watch it without commercials, it right? I'm sorry. No, you can. That's I, That was why I was holding off Rush. If you if you have Prime and then you go I and do. watch it, it's just a Prime show. It's only yeah, a oh, Freebie show if you're watching it without Prime. Got it. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Freebie. Is that really a deal breaker for you? It actually is because because whenever I'm watching like Hulu with ads, it's always the same six ads over and over and over again. It drives me Buddy, absolutely bonkers. I, I, that's that's a that's a. I guess maybe I'm broken because you know when we watch fucking Married at First Sight on the Lifetime app, we see the same three advertisements over and over and over again, including one for Progressive Auto Insurance. Sure, I don't know if you guys have seen this ad, but it's a dad talking to his kid. He's like, "Sorry, kiddo, we can't afford to go on vacation this year." And then the child deflates, like <laughs> like air going out of a balloon. And Did he have coverage like, for that? A flop, a, like a, just Diablo a flop of, side quest. <laughs> just a flop of boy skin on the ground, and then someone from Progressive is like, "Don't worry, because now you can afford your vacation." And then he reinflates, but too big. Oh no, that's a fucked up commercial, and I've seen it about eighty times. Uh, yeah, because it's the Lifetime Network, and they don't. Nobody's watching it except me yeah, and my wife. No, I can't. I can't do that. Russ, do you think if you had to run around Hulu for 45 minutes uh, lost then and then watch your show, do you think you would have more patience for it then? 
Oh, that was a Zelda reference. Got it. Yeah. It took me a second. Uh, yeah, no. That, I just think it's funny well. how your patience. I've I've always enjoyed your patience is is uh is very conditional. <laughs> it is. It's very selective. As I, is yours. I, I, quite I, honestly, I, hey, listen, I think you're right. There's no there's too many other things to stream. <laughs> You too know? many things to stream. There's That's why you have stream? us, the besties. We're filtering it out so you only get the best digital media and BizDev News. Woo! <laughs> Speaking of, Justin, what else are you enjoying right now? Nothing. Nothing. Perfect. Nothing. I'm direct. No, I'm just. Oh, I'm yeah, you're enjoying SpongeBob. Yeah, we're. Is it sold out? Can people buy tickets? Can Can they buy tickets? Of course they can. It's. What is this? Friday? It, la- it premieres tonight. It goes for this weekend and the. Two weekends following, if you're anywhere in the area, you should come see it. It's going to be a hoot. SpongeBobWV.com is the URL. Look at that. A plug in honorable mentions. I love it. That's literally all I've been doing until midnight every single night, and then my life's a shell. So please come see the show. The guy who originated that role followed it up with a performance of Assassin's. So I was wondering, like, is that your plan? Do you think you're going to do a little Stephen Sondheim Assassin's? Um... Ethan Slater joined an off-Broadway production of Assassins, and I'll be fucked if I am going to sully my brand off-Broadway, okay? <laughs> okay? Uh, uh, the only really great theater happens off-Broadway, but yes, please, no, no. Wow, Tell me more about your jukebox musical Never love. heard of something called Cats, have you? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay, I wanted to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. We have Black Star Bushin. And all boy and Mick Mr. Sizzle. Mistopheles and Mick Sizzle. Rum Thank you. Tugger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to y'all and the cats <laughs> for writing reviews. Gimbal Shanks, the railway cat. <laughs> uh, Chris Plant, what games did we talk about? Uh, this week we talked about really fast. all the Xbox events. We talked about System Shock. We talked about My House. W A D Zelda. Diablo, Jury Duty. You can go see SpongeBob if you live near Justin. And we also talked about Cats and Starlight Express. Even if you don't, you can get here. Love it. Next week, we are, uh, we're going to be taking the week off. And after that, we are going to be coming back with Final Fantasy 16. It's a big game. We want to make sure we give it the time it deserves. And uh, so that's the way we're going to do it. So next week, no besties. And then after that, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, uh, be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best game? Besties!